Let's roll. You got you got places to be, stuff to do, <laughs> bottles of wine to drink. I'm here, lucky enough to have pro triathlete. Am uh oh, are we losing that already? Kind of. All right, I'm gonna put Ryan on. You just just hold it tight. Wait, we got our maintenance man, our stand-in maintenance man. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's coming out. Good. Continue. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> and when the mic starts dropping down again, just hold just it, hold it back up. Yeah. I feel really erect, like I can. I know. It's, there we go. It's How make, does that sound? It's the makeshift studio. It sounds great. <laughs> okay, there we go. I like this. All right, take two. We got Amber Ferrari. How do you say <laughs> your last? Yeah, you s- no, that's what that's what most people say. That's what Erin says. That's her name for me, Ferrari. I should legally Every, change it. to Everyone that. calls you Amber Ferrari up I, here. It, yeah, I should. That's what I should do. And then you can take that last name, it's Ferrari. <laughs> Hyphenate it. <laughs> for Kelly, Ferrari Kelly, Kelly Ferrari. Yeah, there we go. Thank right, Ryan, you. For Ryan that Kelly's grander. here as well. No, seriously, pronounce, pronounce, put it on the books. Ferrer. Ferrer. Easy enough. Amber Ferrer. I knew that. <laughs> Pro triathlete. And this is sort of the theme for this week is a little bit of coaching athlete stuff. So it's neat that you're here to drop in. And this is all pushing towards you know, backcountry, but we can lean into some schemo stuff and Nordic, but it's really about we're in the middle of it. This is we're in season and what can people be doing to get better and faster. But you, Amber, you do a ton of coaching. We just talked, you, you know, you were down in the Concord area. I I follow you on Instagram. I saw your spin classes, your track running, all your swimming, all the training you're doing down there. And you recently moved to Boulder where you're going full on with your training, but you're also coaching a lot of athletes. And so hopefully you can drop some knowledge on us about things to do that we can do. You know, we all try to treat ourselves like professional athletes to some degree. You know, we try to do a little preseason training, in-season training, and then what are we going to be doing in the off-season, the complete off-season to prepare for the for the next year. And so leading in, we did a little bit of Hillary's Powder Hour where we tried to get a couple workouts per week, some leg strengthening. But um, yeah, well, anyways, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. And my roundabout roundabout lead in. But um, yeah, just give a quick introduction on yourself and then we'll jump into some little coaching tips. Oh, my name is Amber Ferrari. <laughs> New name. <laughs> um, I've been racing as a pro since 2011 and I coach... Um, 30 athletes. I'm also the head coach of the Grant State Endurance Project, which has been a really fun adventure for me. Um, It's based out of Concord, and we lead um, swims on Saturdays. We have a new trainer studio, um, and we're going to put on a few camp triathlon camps this year. So it's a lot of good energy around the Grant State Endurance Project, so that's been fun. I'm also a physical therapist, um, but I just recently took a leave of absence from that to go out and train and learn from some of the, like, some of really some of the best coaches out in Boulder for six months, so. And how long have you been in Boulder? I've been in Boulder, when did I get there? Uh, Actually, right before Halloween, so I was there for eight weeks. And then you've done previous trips, training blocks in Boulder? Yeah, Yep, yep. So uh, Ryan was out there last year, and then um, I've been out there a couple times just for my own individual training. It's a great place, obviously. There's 
a ton of good trails and so many good athletes. So it's just like really good energy in the town. And you're up here, you're on your break, back visiting, staying up at the Joe Dodge Lodge. How's that? I've never been up there. I mean, that was, I still really have, I don't even think I've been in the Joe Dodge Lodge, but. It's fun. The food is delicious. So far, the food has been amazing. (laughs) Yeah, no, we had like, what did we have last night? A little bit of everything. That beef you loved. Yeah, that was some good beef. (laughs) Ryan. Oh, yeah, Ryan had a huge meal before he skied up the, uh. Skied up yeah, I did. The... I was a little, a couple pounds heavy on that ski last <laughs> night for New Year's. He made up for it on the Strava Challenge. Hillary, myself, Squall, and Ryan went up to try to get to Hermit Lake in under an hour, and we just got it. We got it in 57 and change, which was pretty good. We, we pushed the last last little bit. I got concerned. I was like, all right, we need to do this. This would be, <laughs> uh, this would be kind of like a, we ditched my cousin or my niece and her friends to maybe get it. Squall, I had to get it. Yeah, Squall. Nice. squall. And, you know, Hillary doesn't get competitive at all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, you no, know, Joe Dodge Lodge, I think that's a nice... That's that, really nice. It's a place that people can stay if they're looking to come up to the Pinkham Notch area that's right there yeah, at right. the visitor center. It's And it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to stay there. That's the other thing. Very minimal accommodations, but it's just what you need. Yeah, exactly. Minimal accommodations, but lots of food. So really yeah, I mean, we have a private room, mix. but there's also like bunk rooms. Yeah. There's like huge living room, fireplace, comfy couches, um, you know, showers, and you're right at the trailhead. So it's everything you need. Yeah. So what else are you guys doing while you're up here? What do we do when I'm down here? Or oh, here, uh, we're gonna ski probably, right? Just cross country yeah. ski. I did some feet flying on the bunny slope today. <laughs> but me, a lot of oh, and we'll, we'll hike tomorrow. We'll hike to a couple of days skiing at Jackson yeah. Touring Center, and yeah. might take a hike up Lion's Head or just up to the Bull. And see what the weather's doing tomorrow. Yeah. You guys timed it pretty well. This nice yeah. snowstorm and upcoming, hopefully, snowstorm. I got to talk to the meteorologist to figure out what's happening, but hopefully, that stays snow. This weekend. Yeah, especially for Friday night. Well, let's go into some coaching stuff. So, say I'm one of your athletes and I'm in season and I'm doing a Friday Night Lights every week, or I'm a weekend warrior who's focusing big tours or big efforts on the weekends. What are like? What would you tell someone midweek to? You know, what sort of training would you do? If they are limited by time, if they can't fit it in, or more, more of like you might not be able to do the same training activities. But just a general, I think like someone coming up from a few hours south, that yeah, they have time. They have after work time. We can all make time. We can all wake up super early like you do and yeah. <laughs> get laps in the pool, but. No, just as far as workload goes, like what sort of things do you focus on with your athletes when they are training and they are like they have, a, you know, a stacked schedule on the weekends? And oh, a stacked racing schedule, yeah. big racing. Yeah. So I use um, with my athletes, I, use, I don't know if you're familiar with Training Peaks. Mm-hmm. That's the coaching platform I use. So it's obviously a really good platform because it's built in algorithm. So I can just sort of get these quick um, checks on their form, fitness and fatigue, it's called. So I sort of know like... Uh, if they're doing too much or not doing enough. Um, and then there's just really, really, there's all sorts of graphs. So there's a little ramp rate graph um, that you can see if the athlete's just sort of overloading for a week. So 
if I have an athlete just loves to race and doing like big volume intensity or a lot of racing on the weekend, then we kind of keep a little mellow during the week and make sure they have like a couple rest days so they can dump some of that fatigue. Um, but training peaks is an awesome, I mean, I don't know if I, I, I don't know how I could coach without it really. Um, what type of workouts? What type of work? Oh, to prep for like a big weekend. Yeah. For someone like me where I go up to the mountains, big weekends in the mountains, not necessarily racing, but then I'm lazy the rest of the week. What can I do better during the week? (laughs) (laughs) All my athletes do a bunch of strength work, um, which I think is super important just to keep them durable, durable and strong. So, um, yeah, I mean, do you have anything to... (laughs) Sorry, I'll introduce Ryan Kelly here to the side, <laughs> chiming, chiming in, and he's also a PT, former. So yeah, you had your pro card, right? Yeah, for pro triathlete, and obviously had some coaching or has coached, so he knows. Yeah, he knows quite a bit about about it as well. Like, what is the argument for coaching? Oh, what is the oh geez oh I think it's invaluable. I mean, um you can't really trust yourself in regards to all I can't really trust myself in regards to you know maybe needing a rest day it's nice to have that sounding board it's also nice to have someone like taking a second look at your plan and being like do we need to tweak this add a little more usually it's like I think that you perhaps need a few rest days um in my experience athletes just are more prone to push most of them more prone to push and um really with um progression it's it's you know it's like the the work you do really tears you down and um you need those rest days to absorb the work so i mean i think that's a big part of coaching is to have that that person taking a second look and also just simply maybe someone uh to give the athlete a little motivation like be a little bit of a cheerleader for them on some of the tough days but yeah i'd say one of the things you said like the sounding board is a big part of it like even coaches need coaches because sometimes just somebody else with a different and bigger perspective that uh, can see the whole picture is able to give a little bit better guidance than when we're in it we get blinded by our own uh, preferences and our own goals and either the athlete that like won't back down and take a rest day and ends up digging themselves into a huge hole or the athlete that like just loves to go do big fun things on the weekends but isn't good really benefit from some more consistent stuff during the week that needs some of that accountability to keep them going um and just different ideas somebody that's yeah just just trying to like add a bit of creativity in the schedule too is helpful um you know just being a bit creative with like some of those workouts actually i just wrote a little uh blog or email to the team the other day about like something I call like a Goldilocks workout where it's like we fall into um, I think like a lot of training plans fall into the habit of being like here's a hard day then a easy day then a hard day then the easy day Um, or like hard day and two easy days but then you can do sort of these medium workouts that create a little bit of stimulus so like let's say it's a you know you have technically like a easy day like a we'll say an easy 60 minute run you could throw in some striders you can throw in like do the last like 30 seconds of each mile hard so it's not a real workout doesn't create like a ton of fatigue but maybe gets a little bit more neural adaptations that you would not have gotten just but from doing an easy day so 
creativity, I guess. <laughs> but backing up to coaching and athletes and do I need a coach? And I think that's one thing to get across is that coaching applies to every level. Yeah. And even if you're just a, a casual weekend warrior and maybe you're not competing, right. having a coach yeah. is going to give you that structure or some guidance to just getting better at right. what you're doing. And I think that that's something that it gets lost. You think that you have to be competing not only at a high level, but competing in general. And if you're just out backcountry skiing, there's so much stuff that can make you just better as a, a recreational athlete, like athlete. Exactly. Level. Like dose it. Right. Exactly. Just dosing the rest days, strength. I mean, even nutrition, right? Fueling yeah. and not just fueling during the workout, but fueling before and after and so there's all this knowledge that can keep you out in the backcountry longer, keep you healthy, and you're not going to tweak things. So just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to get that in because I think people could be listening to this being like, why would I ever want to coach? I'm just out touring. I'm just going to go do something that's I'm never going to be in a competition. But there is a, a huge opportunity to improve your, um, I guess, your your well-being, your fitness, and your experiences in, in our case, the mountains just by doing this little work leading up in the weekends. And when you're talking about in-season stuff, it's like, yeah, you want to keep in touch with these core elements that you coach, right? Right. Yeah. I think some right. of the other more casual athletes, uh, weekend warriors, if you will, kind of um, really benefit from coaching because some of the you know, high-level athletes often are, putting in some of the extra time to mm. try to, yeah. you know, research more and be a student of their sport. Um, some of the other athletes have tons of benefit from also the injury pers- uh, prevention perspective, somebody overlooking their program, like, you know, um, a little too much fatigue, not enough base training, keeping them honest with that. Here's some extra strength and giving them the things that they wouldn't, they're not putting in the time to self-research, um, and do that work it's but then they're gonna get to have more fun on the weekends yeah and get out and do what they love to do so i think that injury prevention just to for longevity of having fun is awesome too well yeah the the weekend or the recreational athlete really is like probably one of the most fun to work with because there's so many dials to turn you know it's like you can tweak almost everything sometimes right like Mm -hmm. give them a little nutrition advice when to rest so and they can make a lot of gains and be happier staying free free so what have been what's one thing give me like distill it down to like one little pro tip for someone that wants to improve on uh their season in any sport any sport like what's one theme general coaching theme that that you that really stands out for you and your philosophy so this sounds really weird but you know, I know do you know what answer is going to be <laughs> I say it to him all the time. Are you going to talk about sleep? Yes. No, it is. I say it to him all the time. So I like, I'm like, Ryan, the way I get stuff done is I sleep. (laughs) But seriously, sleep is like, sleep really is the way you recover and the way you improve. And it's so underestimated. I mean, I think like athletes performing at a high level and even just recreational athletes, just because of like work stress, family stress, need nine hours of sleep a night and no one gets that no one gets that and that's how your body repairs you know physically cognitively um you look at some pretty dedicated recreational athletes 
and just kind of like uh, top age group athletes, if you will. And a lot of the training that they're doing isn't that different from a lot of professionals, but the big difference is their recovery. Yeah. So because one of they're working full time, they've yeah. got kids, they're up late, like. And so that component of recovery and sleep, I think, is yeah. one of the things that can benefit them the most. Yeah, so it sounds weird, but like with some of my athletes that have families, full-time jobs, and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to do like a couple Ironman a year, I'll, I mean, if they don't get like, if they're consistently getting less than eight hours of sleep a night, we just skip a workout. Or we like have them sleep in and like maybe try to do like a little mini workout at lunch break. So it sounds weird. It's like, oh, you recommend sleep. That sounds like, well, you guys are really lazy. <laughs> I'm good at sleeping. I don't need a coach to tell me to sleep. <laughs> well, I like went to Boulder and I'm like sleeping like nine, ten hours a night. And it's like, I am getting so much stuff done because I am sleeping. <laughs> But anyhow, that would be, yes, sleep. Why We Sleep is a really good book to read, too. It's bizarre because it doesn't seem, it seems pretty obvious that we should sleep more. It does, yeah, but you'd be surprised. And and also um, something that was eye-opening is I downloaded the Sleep Cycle app. So I was like thinking, oh, I'm, I'm definitely getting eight hours of sleep. But it's a pretty cool app that tracks this, your sleep patterns mm-hmm. based on breathing right in it. What it came down to is like I was getting like six hours, many, many um, nights a week, which is like unacceptable in full Ironman training. So, and that was me attempting to get eight. So it's like, imagine somebody, you know, going to bed at 11 and waking up at five. It's like, they're probably like getting four hours of quality yeah. sleep and that's going to catch up with them. So there's a couple of good apps looking at, yeah. cause it looks at your quality of sleep too. Yeah. Not just the hours you're in bed, but the quality of sleep. So. And that's, so, that's becoming really popular with all the smartwatches across yeah. the board yeah. are yeah. really diving in to the sleep data. Yeah. So if you want to be a better athlete, <laughs> Go sleep. <to> sleep. <laughs> well, it's true. You can't work out and you can't be the best athlete you can be if you're not rested up. Yeah. And it's everything from mental to physical. Yeah. It's hard to motivate for that workout when you're all drowsy. and Exactly. Like, how are you going to get the most out of that workout if yeah. you go into it? And there's so many like metabolic thing, good things that happen too. It's like even taking like a 20 or 30 minute nap that can increase like human growth h- hormone, which is like, which is... You know, a natural way to, yeah, it's like legal doping. (laughs) good stuff. (laughs) Well, well, I'm going to keep this short because we got places to be. We always have places to be. (laughs) We got to go to sleep. Yeah, we have to go to sleep. I didn't do for a nap. (laughs) I don't know. Should I nap or should I run? I'll have to ask my coach. (laughs) What you should do, what are you going to run right now? Hmm. I want to make it home, but I might be stopping by the moat, and then by then the, oh. the wheels fall. So you off. drink a beer and then run. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I prioritize. You know, I try to prioritize running. Yep. And I'll do it at all costs. Sometimes, if yeah. I yeah, it gets to like another theme of consistency. Yeah. Which I don't. I messed up last winter and I lost touch with running, hmm. and spent all summer like playing catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just doing tiny little. Right, that's 20 minute half hour runs to get the blood flowing and make my muscles remember which way's forward. Yeah, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. Um, what what, where are you going next? Like, what is your give me the quick like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back to Boulder until April and then I I potentially and oh, so I'm so I'm racing a swim run race off of uh, the coast of California, Catalina Bay, February 28th. And then I'll probably race in Mexico, and then in Canada, then Ironman Lake Placid. So what is with your goal of? with the goal of Kona? 
what is your yeah how many full Ironmans do you do in a season? So the, be, or they, half, because sorry. they changed because they changed the point system now for qualifying. You just can win a race and qualify for Kona, which is way better in my opinion. Um, it just favors the females a little bit more too, especially now that there's equal female male qualification slots to the world championship. So this year I'll probably do like three half Ironmen and then hopefully two full Ironmen because I'm trying to get to Kona. Which is proving to be very difficult, but it's—I mean, it's difficult, and that's yeah, that's the way we like it. So. Well, we'll track you. <laughs> Thanks. And maybe we'll call. Maybe we'll call in and check in on. Uh, I don't know. Pick your brain for some more stuff. <laughs> I, I love this because this is like, your fresh meat. Because I've never got you know I get to pick other coach <laughs> some other coaches' brains, but you're coming from a way different wheelhouse than just like the typical ultra running. Yeah, and it's ski and ski coach. So triathl- I've, and triathletes, and I always said like triathletes are the best athletes. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, that's nice to hear because some people are like triathletes don't do anything well. That's why they do, you know, they yeah. do three things moderately well. And I was like, hey, that's not fair. Not the, but not it's, it's actually, no, it's a tough, it is a tough sport because you're trying, you're constantly trying to balance the bike and the run. It's like the better bike shape I get, the worse run shape I get, which is pretty, I mean. It's a tough balance. It's a tough balance, so. And then you add the swimming in there. <laughs> we don't need to talk about swimming. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Well, thank you, Amber. You're welcome. Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrera. I think I should change it to Ferrari. That's what Aaron good calls me. See, it's a sign. Well, we can do some logo development. <laughs> Perfect. We can we can get the rights to the emblem. <laughs> Definitely. Anyways, thank you. I'm glad thank you stopped you. by the shop. Thank we'll, you for the rentals. We'll, we'll talk <laughs> soon. <laughs>